We are glad to announce we have partnered with Thrive Fantasy for the upcoming NFL season. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. In case you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in respective sport. For this NFL season, Thrive allows you to choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. Use promo code PODCAST when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And as we all know, the highly anticipated NFL season starts this Thursday. And, you know, we're here to do a podcast about it. But before we start, we haven't really checked in with you guys on how we're doing. So, Andrew, why don't you tell us what's been happening and how you're feeling through this awful times? Yeah, well, COVID's starting to get a little better, but I mean, I'm still not even in person school, but I have started high school and I've started online school and it's going pretty well, I have to say, but I I just want to kind of be back to normal, just get back to school, play more sports and stuff. But how are you doing, Henry? I am doing spectacular, you know, getting popped in football every day and just, just the living the school life is, is just phenomenal. As, as all these, as all you kids who are listening to this right now probably can imagine, it's just spectacular to be online and to just not do anything normal. So it's just, it's going great, guys. Yeah, we are definitely living some extraordinary times. But you know, the NFL season is starting, and I'm sure that's going to relieve some stress from all of us. So let's just get right into our uh, predictions for what we can really expect from each team in these upcoming season. And let's start with the AFC East, and we have the Buffalo Bills. And so their, their line is over under nine wins. And, Henry, do you have them over or under nine wins? Because this is kind of a tricky one. Actually, I have them right at nine wins. I think this Bills team is going to have to ride with their defense. I don't think Josh Allen is, is, is ready to – be a great quarterback yet and nine and seven is going to be where they're at I think 10 and six was built off of their great schedule last year but right now they're going to have to face a tougher schedule and they're going to go nine and seven with it yeah they did add a star receiver in Stefan Diggs and I think that's really going to help in Josh Allen's development but Andrew where do you have this team coming at at the end of the season yeah, Elliot, I have this team taking a huge step forward from last year, and I have them finishing 13-3. and three. And I think Josh Allen finally puts himself in that top tier of quarterbacks. I think he makes a huge leap. I mean, you saw little flashes in last year's playoff game against Houston. He almost had that win, and I think this year he takes that step up to be that quarterback that can win a playoff game. I mean, I just think 
Josh Allen has a lot of potential. He sees arm strength. It's there. I mean, everything to be an elite quarterback is there. I mean, I think his game IQ, his football IQ needs to get a little more, like just needs to boost it a little. Because I think sometimes in crucial points in games, he was lacking there a little bit and made some not great decisions on the field. But I think the addition of veteran leadership like Stefan Diggs on that offense will definitely help in the passing game. I think that will help tremendously. I think the tight end Dawson Knox will take a huge leap forward. And I think Devin Singletary, the running back, will also take a huge leap forward. And I think, to be honest, that defense, they just extended Tredavious White, which was a huge extension. And I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl-type player this season. And lastly, I think Ed Oliver has the chance. Last year's first-round pick for the Bills, I think he has a great chance to be an elite pass rusher this year and possibly be somewhat of the next Khalil Mack, I should say. But, yes, I think this Buffalo Bills team will have a great season and get over that nine-win mark at 13-3. and I have to agree with you, Andrew, and I think – you obviously know the defense with Tredavious White and Ed Oliver. I think it's going to take a huge leap. But they did add a steal in the second round and A.J. Epinesa. And I don't think we can ignore that this wide receiver core for the upcoming season is sick. I mean, you have Stephon Diggs, who you added, and you still have guys like Cole Beasley and uh, John Brown. And I think this wide receiver core has a lot upcoming. Yeah, Elliot, I just think that the veteran leadership on that team is great. And I think that Josh Allen will really um, learn and really have great things ahead of him because of those veterans there teaching him how to be the great player that I think he has the potential to be. I mean, everything's there, as I said. I mean, he has the arm strength. He has everything physically that he needs to be an elite quarterback. I think it's just the decision-making in clutch times that need a uh, kind of uh, boost there, but everything else is there. You know, Elliot, I want to go back to your comment about the the receiving core that they have. And I'm not, I'm not a, really a big fan of any of those receivers. I mean, Stefan Diggs has been good, but he's, he's, he's been all right for, for the Vikings, but never anything great. I mean, Kirk Cousins has been a pretty good quarterback there and he still hasn't produced as much as we all thought he would. And, Cole Beasley and John Brown, I know they're, they're, they're vets, but they're, I mean, they're not, nothing special. And I don't think that gives Josh Allen enough weapons as a guy that he really needs. He needs a top receiver right now. And if the Bills are able to trade or sign for a receiver like Stephon Diggs, it's going to really help out Josh Allen. But until then, I don't think Josh Allen's ready to become a big-time quarterback. The real – only question we do have is where that wide receiver comes from, but their in division, their divisional rival in the New England Patriots have the same over under and regular season wins at nine. And I think this team is really interesting with a new quarterback in Cam Newton and the departure of Tom Brady. Yeah, and Elliot, I also have this team exceeding that nine win mark, and I have this team also doing very, very well. And and this will be surprising to the listeners, and I know some of you will even be like, what is he even talking about? But I have the Patriots finishing at 14-2 and two and sweeping the division at 6-0. and oh. I mean, I just – this team, 
I think Cam Newton takes this team to a level that Tom Brady was already at, and if not even more, I think Cam Newton gets back to that um, to that MVP form. I think he takes this team very deep, and I just have to think the chemistry he already has and he's showing with that Patriots team, it looks like he's just going to have a great season. You have that defense, which it will be even better. I mean, you have Stephon Gilmore there, and which is the reigning defensive player of the year, I believe. Or maybe was it Aaron Donald or was it Stephon? I think it was Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, Stephon Gilmore. And you just have this incredible defense. And now I think Cam Newton will take this offense to another level. I think Sony Michelle steps up. I think James White steps up that backfield there. I think Julian Edelman has another great season. And I think Cam Newton leads this team to a 14 and 2 record. Now, 14 and 2 for a new quarterback leading a different team than we saw last year, I think is a little much. I have them going 10 and 6 in that competitive AFC East. And I have them finishing second in the division because you say the defense is great, and I totally agree with you. But I, th- I think this wide receiver core is really un- overlooked. I mean, you have an aging Julian Edelman, who I think is way past his prime and I don't think is that good of a wide receiver anymore. And I think you could really see some big receptions from Nikhil Harry this year. And this, this backfield has just been the most confusing one because you don't know who's the number one running back. And I think this year we could see with Cam Newton running a different offense than Tom Brady was. But, Henry, what do you have to say about this team? Because it's definitely a definitely opinionated one. You know, Elliot, I also agree with you, and I have the Patriots going 10-6. and six. To talk to Andrew a little bit here, I think it's it, the Patriots lost too many pieces on defense. And, you know, they had the top defense last year, arguably, and losing a lot of pieces was – is really going to hurt them because the offense last year wasn't good. I mean, Cam Newton, I think it is probably an upgrade in terms of athletic ability and playmaking than Tom Brady could be at this point in his career. But I think he's going to struggle early, especially because practice time has been limited compared to what he would normally get, especially because he signed late and just a team as a whole hasn't had much practice time. It It's going to be interesting to see if the Patriots are able to win as much as they're used to, or they're going to struggle a lot, which is unlike them. Yeah. And Henry, I know a lot of people might think I'm crazy for that prediction of 14 and two from the new England Patriots. And I don't blame them. I think it's kind of a very bold take by me, but I just think Cam Newton has made impressive like moves in this training camp. He's been very impressive. I heard Bill Belichick said he was very impressed and he's said he's one of the hardest workers he's he's ever seen. And that's coming from a guy who's play or who coached arguably the goat in Tom Brady and who's coached arguably the one of the best players of all time, as I said, and Tom Brady. I mean, just think about that. Tom Brady. And this guy's saying Cam Newton could be one of the hardest workers he's ever seen. And Bill Belichick has been in the coaching game for a while. He's seen many great players go through that system. And he compliments Cam Newton in being one of the hardest workers he's ever seen. 
So I just think that says so much. Cam Newton has already said publicly, I think this was a match made in heaven. He obviously loves the Bill Belichick system. He gets it clearly. He's been thriving in training camp. And I think he takes this offense to another level that they weren't at last year. And I get their wide receivers aren't amazing. You got Julian Edelman, who's a little older. You got Nikhil Harry, who was injured most of the season last year. But I just think that Cam Newton is the one who's going to lead this team. And I even think he's a dark horse MVP candidate. And I think he might even lead the NFL in QB rushing yards and even QB touchdowns. So I think Cam Newton will just thrive under the Bill Belichick system. And I think we can all agree Tom Brady was not at pure GOAT form, I guess we could say, not at the greatest of all time form that we normally see from him last season. And I think Cam Newton, could, if he can perform even better than Tom Brady did last year, I think he can take this team far and do well in the uh, regular season. I think this season has a bunch to say about Bill Belichick as a coach and his legacy. But let's move on to another another AFC East competitor in the New York Jets as their regular season wins is over under six games. And what do you think about this team, Henry, about the ghost-seeing quarterback himself, Sam Darnold? You know, Sam Darnold and the Jets are once again going to struggle. And I have them at 6-10. and 10 because Sam Darnold is not ready to become a big-time quarterback, just like Josh Allen, especially because Adam Gase is an awful coach and they traded away probably their best player, and there's no way they're going to get any better. I mean, I don't know what their – I forgot what the record was last year. Maybe they win another game, but the Jets just aren't a good team. I mean, it's it's pretty evident here that their only really solid piece to have is Le'Veon Bell, who's going to touch the ball 300 times, and he'll he'll be good for anybody's fantasy team, but – other than that, the, the Jets aren't going to do anything special. Yeah, Henry, and I promise you guys, I do not have another bold take here. And I have the Jets uh, finishing at 5-11 and 11 and going for that under there, under six wins. And I just do not think Sam Darnold, like Henry said, can take that step to be a good quarterback. I think their only good piece there is Le'Veon Bell. And honestly, I think his career is just getting wasted in his years in New York. I think he needs to get out of there and move to a contender. I mean, I think you could even, if the Jets are doing very subpar, I think you could even see maybe Le'Veon Bell getting moved at the trade deadline to a possible contender like New England, I think could be a possible landing spot for him. I think you could even see uh, maybe the Chargers moving for him after the loss of uh, Melvin Gordon. I mean, you just – or even the Bills, I guess, because they have Delvin, Devin Singletary, who I wouldn't say is a strong number one running back. But I just see that the Jets struggle this year. They lost their key uh, part of that defense in Jamal Adams, who is arguably the, their best player. And I just see this Jets team struggling once again this year. I see Gaze not really getting a hang of this Jets team and not really controlling it and being the coach he should be. I just see this team struggling, guys. I agree with both of you here. I think they are well below the under going 4-12, and and you can honestly see them going anywhere below that record. And this team is just – it's been lackluster for the past couple of years, and 
I don't know if bringing in Le'Veon Bell was the smartest thing to do. And I think Adam Gase has no control over this team whatsoever. But let's move on to another AFC East competitor with the Miami Dolphins, who finished the season well last year and surprising everyone going five and five and five, five and 11. And they're over under this year's six and a half wins in the regular season. And I think this one could go either way. What do you think? Uh, I think this team is finishing four and 12, hitting that under of six and a half wins. I think Tua ends up being the starter, at least towards like the mid of the middle of the season. And I just think he's not really going to get a hang of this team. I don't really think they have much talent. I mean, the offensive line is average. Their defense, I, I can say their defense got a lot better this offseason. But I just don't think the offense is there to put up the points. I mean, you have Matt Breida and Jordan Howard splitting time at running back. I can't say that is a very impressive backfield. I mean, basically, they just took the scraps of the backfield from Philly and San Francisco. And then you got the quarterback situation with um, 40-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick, who should be out of the league in a few years. He's just uh, getting his last couple paychecks there in Miami. And you got Tua Tagovailoa, who has been injury-prone his almost his whole collegiate career. I mean, he's shown he can be great, but who knows if he can even be healthy and with not having a great offense, I mean, you could even argue his offense at Alabama that he's had has been better than this Miami offense. So I just don't think there's much here to do on offense, especially with a rookie quarterback coming in, learning the system. I just don't think this team can put up any points. So I have been finishing at 4-12 and and even going 0-6 in the AFC East division. You know, Andrew, they added a couple pieces on defense that I like, but I don't think it was the smartest idea, especially with the timetable of this team. Moving forward, they're going to want a lot of young guys, and the piece they added are kind of veterans, but they're still good players. So I don't really think it was the smartest idea to throw a bunch of money at Kyle Van Noy and other defensive pieces. But with that, I have the Dolphins going 6-10. and 10. I think Tua, as you said, will get some, get some time. I don't think – I don't think he'll play very much. I think it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick's team this year, but I think Tua will come in next year, but that's a story for next year. But Tua, but the Dolphins as a whole, just as you mentioned, just don't have a good offense. They're going to be all right on defense, but that offense is just going to be struggling too much to win them very many games. Yeah, and Henry, don't get me wrong. I, I think they had a great offseason with the additions on defense. And trust me, I do not think you guys will be seeing any 59 to 10 blowouts in the first week as we saw last year in the first week against the Baltimore Ravens. I think this team, I think overall defensively will be better than last year, but offensively, I just don't think they're going to be able to put up the points. So yes, I have them at four and 12 and finishing last in the AFC East division. I do have them as well as Andrew going under the five and a half win point that they're over under is. And I think, I think it is Ryan Fitzpatrick's team for most of the year this season, but I think Tua Tagovailoa has the potential to possibly be the best QB from that draft and possibly the best player from that draft. And I think this team is a 
bright future ahead, but not for this year. As we move on to the AFC North, and we'll start with the with the reigning AFC regular season champs and the Baltimore Ravens as their regular season win total is over under 11 and a half. Yeah, and I have them clearing this 11 and a half win total by a landslide. I think they're going to have an even better regular season than last year. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a great season, almost as good as his MVP season as last year. And I have him going 15 and one, even better than last year's 14 and two. And I think Lamar Jackson, as I said, basically puts up MVP numbers again. And I think the backfield of Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins is going to be a great force back there in the backfield. One of the best, I think, backfields in the NFL. I think J.K. Dobbins turns out to be a rising star running back in the league. I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think the wide receiver core there, I think Marquise Brown takes a huge step there. And I think Mark Andrews, Put, Mark Andrews, excuse me, puts up great numbers for a tight end. I think he puts up north of seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns this year, and has a great season. And I think the Baltimore Ravens defense steps up again this year. And I think they finish 15-1, and one, having the best record in the NFL, I think. You know, I, I think it's pretty obvious that the Ravens are going to clear the 11.5 win mark, but I don't think by much. I think when you look at the fact that Patrick Mahomes had the crazy season he did the year before, and he, he didn't put up – I know he got injured, but he didn't put up nearly as close to numbers. If you look at his 16-game average, it's not nearly as close as numbers. And I think it will be the same thing for Lamar Jackson. Obviously, they're still going to be good. I have not going 12-4. and four. Lamar Jackson is still obviously a top-three quarterback in the league. But – I think they're going to, they're not, they're obviously not going to struggle. They're, they're going to lose some games. I don't, I don't think they're going to lose much, if at all, at home. But I think it's just going to be tough to repeat the same season that they did last year, especially when they lost a little bit on defense. And teams are going to start figuring out, obviously, Lamar Jackson is impossible to stop, but they're going to start finding ways to defend him in ways that he didn't see last year. I think he crushes this over-under. I think the Ravens, and I think they've built their team geniusly with their salary cap and what they've done with the Lamar Jackson offense. I think I have them going 13-3. and three. And for me personally, Lamar Jackson is my preseason MVP, my preseason who I think will be MVP. And off spot, who is your preseason MVP just off the spot? I think uh, Russell Wilson has an incredible season, and I think he is the MVP of the NFL. Yeah, Andrew, I agree with you. Russell Wilson, I think, will lead the Seahawks to the best record in the league and also win MVP. He's going to have ridiculous numbers this year and just be unstoppable like he's been in past years. I think we could see some dark horse in Kyler Murray – or even, or even Dak Prescott. But let's move on to another NFC North team in the, in the Pittsburgh Steelers and re- re- returning their starting QB in Ben Roethlisberger. And, Andrew, where do you have them finishing? 
Yeah, just one quick comment before I talk about the Steelers. And when talking about Dark Horse uh, MVP candidates, I really think Cam Newton, as I mentioned before, is one of those guys, and even Matthew Stafford. But to, to move to the Steelers, I think that they have a bounce-back year. I think they make the playoffs, and I think they finish at 10-6. and six. I think Roethlisberger has a pretty good year, pretty decent year, I guess. And I think James Conner has a great year in that backfield. I think Juju Smith-Schuster has an incredible year. And then here's, here's my pretty bold take. I actually, I don't, I don't know if it's that bold, but I think the Steelers have the best defense in the NFL, if not one of the best defenses in the NFL. And I think T.J. Watt could be a dark horse defensive player of the year candidate there in Pittsburgh. Not only do they have T.J. Watt, they also have star, uh, star secondary player in Minka Fitzpatrick. And I do have them surpassing the nine-and-a-half win point. But, Henry, where do you have this interesting team and what amount of wins do you have them winning this year? You know, I also have them over the nine-and-a-half win mark at finishing at ten wins. And I think they'll be competitive with the Baltimore Ravens. I think they'll even beat the Ravens once in the game that they have at home. But this team is going to rely on their defense. Big Ben is obviously a very old quarterback. I think he's 39 or 40 now. And the offense will still be good. Obviously, he's still a very good quarterback. They have Juju and James Conner to solidify those top pieces. But the Steelers aren't going to be as good as they were a couple years ago as they had the trio, the triple B trio. But I think they'll be all right. Nah, obviously, I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, but I think they'll be a solid team who makes the playoffs. Henry, I agree with that. And also a couple guys I think we forgot to mention there for this Pittsburgh team. I think Cameron Hayward, who just got extended, is a great force on the defensive line. And I also think uh, – actually, I totally forgot who I was about to say <laughs> for uh, the second guy who I was about to talk about for the Steelers. But uh, let's let's move on to – if it comes back to me, I would say it. But let's move on to the Cleveland Browns in the AFC North division. And, I mean, I have them uh, making the playoffs as well. I have three teams in this AFC North division making the playoffs. And I have the Browns finishing at 9-7. and seven. I think Baker Mayfield steps up, has a great season. I think Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry be the duo who we wanted to see last year. I know Odell Beckham had a troubling year last year, at least not up to expectations but I think he exceeds expectations this year. And I think Jarvis Landry is a solid year as well. I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt could be one of the best backfields in the NFL. And I think that Cleveland defense will be somewhat, I think they'll be above average. I don't think they will be anything great, but I think they will be enough to win this team some games from the defensive end. And as you mentioned, you do have the Cleveland Browns going over their uh, regular season win total prediction over under at eight and a half. And Henry, where do you have this team finishing among the AFC and AFC North? You know, Elliot, I have them finishing third in the NFC North at a, with a record of seven and nine. I think the Browns are still a year away. I think they have the pieces. I don't think, I think they need to work on chemistry a little bit this year, learn how to play together because there's still a lot of moving parts, a lot of young guys. And I think, within a year next year I think will be a year that 
I don't think next year they'll win the division, but I think they're definitely going to be a good playoff team and even make a run. The, I mean, they're a solid team. They have a lot of great pieces, but it's just the youth is going to come back and bite them. Henry, I agree with you. I do think they are also a year away. You have to you have to think about this. You still have an upcoming team in Baker Mayfield, and and you have young wide receivers that can possibly grow with him. I I don't know if you would consider OBJ young, but he's still growing as a player and personality wise. We all know that. As I have them finishing under their eight and a half win total over under. But let's move on to the last team in the AFC North. The Cincinnati Bengals with their regular season at over under regular season win total at five and a half. And I have this team surpassing this wildly, but where do you have this team finishing? I have this team finishing at three and 13. I don't think they have the pieces defensively and I really don't think they have the pieces offensively. And I have them finishing as the second worst or third worst team in the AFC. And at 3-13, and 13, as I mentioned, I think Joe Burrow still needs a year to develop. I really don't I, – I don't think Joe Mixon's going to have that great of a year. I think he's going to have somewhat of a down year. I think that they don't really have the offensive line to support a great run game. Their wide receivers are average. A.J. Green, I mean, hasn't been putting up A.J. Green numbers from the past in years, I think. Tyler Boyd. I don't think is a solidified wide receiver one, I guess, because A.J. Green hasn't really been that wide receiver one. And you, you really got nothing there. I mean, tight end spot, they got nothing there. And I just don't think they have enough to be an actual contender. So 3-13, and 13, I have them finishing it. Uh, Andrew, I completely disagree with you here. I have them finishing 9-7 and seven in the AFC. And I see the look on your guys' faces – I really like this offense. You see, you have the Cincinnati, you have the Cincinnati Bengals. You have a whole new offense here. You have uh, Joe Burrow coming in, solidified starting quarterback. I think Joe Mixon's going to have a surprising, surprising running back campaign, and I think AJ Brown's going to put up most, or going to put up comeback into the player year type stats. And I, I like their supporting cast in Auden Tate. I like their supporting cast in Tyler Board, Boyd. And I think John Ross has a good year. And I know their defense has struggles, but I think this young team can mentally push through it. You know, Elliot, as you saw the look on our faces, I completely disagree with you in all facets here. And I, I think the Bengals are going 3-13. Joe Burrow's obviously a good quarterback. But, I mean, he, he's a rookie. I mean, you don't see rookie quarterbacks doing great in the NFL. There's a, re, there's a reason for that because they're used to college defenses. And it, it's, it's just going to be hard for them, especially with a, such a bad defense that they had last year. It's just, it's just not – the pieces aren't there. Joe Burrow's too young. The defense is awful. And there, there's no reason that you could say that, that they're going to – be anything better than at best eight and eight, maybe nine and seven, like Elliot mentioned, but they're still, they're still not a good team. And end of zoom. All right. And with that though, guys, I think this is. No, 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 no. We're doing the other two divisions after. 
just end this Zoom and we'll pick back with another division on a new Zoom. Let's transition to another AFC division in the AFC West, and we'll start with the reigning AFC West divisional champions in the Kansas City Chiefs, and their over-under win total for this upcoming season is 11 and a half wins. I have them going over. Yeah, Ellie, and I agree. I have them exceeding this point, too. I mean, I have them being 13-3 and three and being 6-0 and oh in their division. And I have Patrick Mahomes having another great season, as well as Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. And I think Sammy Watkins has a great season, and McCole Hardman has an even better season than last year. I just think this offense is so deep that this team just – there's no way this team can put up less than, I think, 11, 12 wins. And I think the only way that happens is if someone gets injured. I don't want to jinx anything by saying that, but by saying that there's no way they can get under 11 or 12. But I think this defense is solid. They re-signed a couple great pieces, I mean, or extended, my bad. And um, this offense, I just think, is going to be unstoppable. And they added Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I think will be a great addition to that backfield. And I I do have them exceeding the 11.5 win point as they, in my opinion, go 12-4 and four in this upcoming season. I think this offense is young and deep, like you said, and I think they're still improving. And they know that they have more in the tank left. And – I think McCole Harbin t- comes back and could possibly be the number two target in Kansas City next to Tyreek Hill. And you also have a beast of a tight end in Travis Kelsey. And your offensive line, it's it's okay. You, you're still trying. You have Patrick Mahomes as your QB, and you have the best rookie running back there is this year. So – I see there's no way that they got under 12 wins. You know, I also have them going 12 and four. They, you know, they have the best quarterback in the league. Obviously one of the best, if not the best offense in the entire league. And although their defense isn't the best, I think with that such a great offense, it's going to be impossible to stop them. And, you know, they'll have a slip up or two along the way, but the Chiefs are going to be rolling on all cylinders like they have been for the past two years. Let's move on to the Denver Broncos here. And this team is really interesting in a young and upcoming offense that I think really could succeed this year. And their over-under for wins is eight games. And I have them actually actually getting over this point. And I know we discussed before the podcast that you guys don't. And I think that is truly because of the Von Miller loss to season-ending ankle injury. And I still think this team does pretty well this year. What do you guys think? Yeah, Elliot, I do not think this team does well, and I think this team actually finishes really, really bad. I mean, I think this team goes 3-13, and 13, and I think Drew Locke is not – I think he's going to be overhyped, and I don't think he lives up to it, to the hype around his name this year. I think he has a subpar season. I think uh, that running back tandem in Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay won't live up to the hype. I think uh, the wide receivers there, I don't think Jerry Judy is his, or will be perform that great this season. I think he needs a season under his belt. And Cortland Sutton, 
I mean, I, he's a good piece, but I, I don't think with Drew Locke, I don't think he's going to be the quarterback that they need him to be. I just don't think he'll get Sutton the ball as much as he needs to get it. I think Fant won't be as good as people expect, and this defense I don't think will be any good either. I think this team overall is just overhyped, I, and I don't think that they'll live up to it. I mean, 3-13 and 13 is where I have them at, guys. You know, Andrew, I also agree with you that they're going to struggle this year, but I do have them at 5-11. and 11. I think that defense is still has some of the pieces that are there. They have Bradley Chubb coming back, although they lost Von Miller, which is a huge loss, but I think the defense will be able to win them a couple more games, and I have them finishing at 5-11. and 11. Drew Locke, I feel like, is still – not still. I mean, this is his first year as a full-time starter, and he's going to struggle early and often. And it, he's he's in, he's a solid quarterback, but I, I don't think this is the year for him, or it, I don't think it will it could be ever the year for him. Guys, I aggressively disagree with you. Yes, aggressively, I think this team actually puts up some great numbers here, and I have them going ten and five and ten and six. Sorry, in the AFC West. And I think Drew Locke is going to maybe win the most improved player award. And I think their wide receiver core is really young and special with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. And I see a big improvement on Noah Fant this year. And I know that they lost Von Miller, but I think you can really expect a huge year from Bradley Chubb on the defensive line. Yeah, Elliot, I'm not denying that they have the pieces they need. I just don't think this is the year that – it goes well for them. And I think it's similar to the Miami Dolphins. I think they have the pieces there. I just don't think that it's the right time for them. And I don't think this is the season. I think the Broncos, um, I, I just don't think Drew Locke will develop exactly this year. I think this year is the year to develop. And I, I just see the Broncos not living up to the hype. I just think they're very young. They need – I think this is the year to experience with all the pieces that they that they have and that they will be using for the future. And I think this is the year where the chemistry gets boosted. And next year I see a tremendous uh, boost in play. And I think they'll be a good team next year, just not this year. But let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers. And me personally, I think they have a great year. I think they go, or at least they're they're improving, I should say. Not a great year, but a great year from last year. I think they go 9-7, and seven, and I, I think uh, Herbert ends up taking over the job midseason. I think he does a great job in the NFL. I think that offense with Keenan Allen, I think Mike Williams is going to have a great uh, comeback year. I know he's been injured a little over the past couple seasons. I think he's going to have a good year. I think Hunter Henry has a great year. And I think that uh, running back with um, Austin Eckler is going to be good. And I just have to say this. I think the Los Angeles Chargers had an amazing offseason considering the signings they made on defense. I mean, Chris Harris Jr., I know they signed Linval Joseph. They extended Joey Bosa. I mean, that defensive end is going to be something special uh, in Joey Bosa. And I think that whole defense in general – it's going to be great. So Los Angeles Chargers defense 
is going to be great. And I think that offense is going to be better than some people might expect. So nine and seven is where I have them finishing, which is definitely improving from last season. I'm going to have to disagree with you, Andrew. And I don't have them finishing the best this year. I have them going five and 11. And I don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to be the best starting QB. And I don't think uh, Justin Herbert will start the first week. And I like the running back core in uh, Justin Jackson. And you obviously have the young star in uh, Austin Eckler. And I really like Austin Eckler as a player, as a receiving back from the backfield. And that's just what we can expect from years to come in this league. And I don't like this team this year. I think this is a development year for Justin Herbert. And I think they go way under the seven and a half over under that's that was given to them you know I think the Chargers are a solid team unfortunately they lost Derwin James which is going to be a big loss for them they're going to struggle on offense because Tyrod Taylor I don't think is the answer I think they're going to wait a little too bit too long to put Justin Herbert in who also will probably struggle when he comes in they'll win a couple games obviously there's they're they're still a very talented team on offense and defense but they're going to struggle, so that's why I have them going 5-11. and 11. But let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I have them finishing as the worst team in the AFC. I do not have them being a good team. 2-14 and 14 is where I have them uh, finishing at. I think Jay Gruden, or John Gruden, I'm sorry, might get fired after this year, and they might just have to pay him out of that ridiculous contract they paid him. I think he's probably the most overpaid coach. I, I, I just don't see him doing anything with this Raiders team. I mean, they were saying last year was the year that they improved. They didn't. I don't see Derek Carr getting any, any better. I see him getting benched to Marcus Mariota sometime in the season. I think Josh Jacobs doesn't outperform his season from last year. I think the receiving core is pretty subpar. I, I mean, the only, the only uh, good – uh, guy coming in is Henry Ruggs I believe and that I mean you can't just have a rookie trying to lead this receiving court I mean they don't have much there Darren Waller I like but I just don't see the quarterback situation working out there in Las Vegas enough for Darren Waller to exceed last season's numbers and that defense is not anything special so Las Vegas Raiders you are going to be the worst team in the AFC at 2-14. and 14. I'm going to slightly disagree with you here. I think they aren't going to be as bad as we think, but I think that because they are competing in a very competitive division in the AFC West, they won't have the record that shows their talent. As I have them going 5-11, and 11, but I actually like this team a little bit more than you do. I think Derek Carr could have a better season than he did last year. And I think Josh Jacobs really comes back and proves himself as a top 10 running back in the NFL. And I, I think this receiving core is a little bit underrated with a new Henry Ruggs coming in. And I like Hunter Renfro on that offense and Tyrell Williams as that third receiver. And I really like Darren Waller as an, as a tight end in this league. I think him being as big as he is and, I think this Raiders team is better than you think, Andrew. You know, Elliot, I, I think this Raiders team is going to struggle like Andrew said, and it's it's just 
they're not that good of a team. I mean, they don't have a they don't have a good offense. They don't have a great defense, and it's just going to be another year of struggling, which is another reason why they should be five and eleven. Now let's move on to the last division in the AFC, the AFC South, and this division has just been very mediocre in the we could say in the last decade as teams are just finishing 10 and 6, 9 and 7, 8 and 8 just to compete in the division which is quite sad but where do you have the Tennessee Titans finishing in this division as they are a pretty interesting team giving you know Ryan Tannehill a huge con- a huge contract for a position that he doesn't really put to use so well. Yeah, Elliot, I have this team winning the division at nine and seven, but yeah, but I just want to comment on something you said about the division pretty much being one of the weaker divisions in the NFL the past couple of years. I mean, the only dominant team you really had in the past decade with the AFC South was that, uh, I guess you could say maybe 2017 Jaguars, but with that Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell, A.J. Boye defense, and Blake Bortles was actually having a pretty good year as well as Leonard Fournette. But besides that year, I mean, you had the Andrew Luck Colts who had a good stint there. I think that was between 2013 and 2015 or 16, something like that. And really that, that division has been nothing special. But I, to comment on the Titans, I think Derek – I, I have them finishing 9-7. and seven. For winning a division, that's not very impressive. But for winning the AFC South, I mean, that's the best you're probably going to get. I think Derrick Henry doesn't have as good of a year as last year. I think Tannehill actually has a pretty good year. And I think that wide receiving core, I think Corey Davis actually has a pretty good year. I mean, he was a first-round pick out of a not even a Power 5 team. I mean, Western Michigan, you don't really see that often. But Corey Davis, I mean – I think he's going to have a great year. A.J. Brown, I think, is going to have a great year. Jonu Smith is going to have a great year at tight end there. And I think uh, that defense is going to have a pretty good year as well. And the Titans win the division at 9-7. and seven. You know, Andrew, I agree with you with the Titans being a 9-7 and seven team. And Derrick Henry will carry the team, as you said. They have a great defense. But I don't think Ryan Tannehill deserve whatever – $80 million that he got, and he's not a franchise quarterback. He's he's a solid quarterback. He's he's a Nick Foles type. I mean, he had one good run, and for, like it didn't turn out into a Super Bowl like Nick Foles' Eagles run did. But unfortunately, this Titans team doesn't have the pieces on offense besides Derrick Henry and the offensive line to compete, and that's why I have him 9-7 and just outside of the playoffs. I think this Tennessee Titans team wins the AFC South at 10-6, and six, and I think Derrick Henry has a great year in the backfield. But let's move on to, to a different AFC South competitor in the Indiana Colts, in the Indianapolis Colts, excuse me. And I have them going an underwhelming 8-8 eight and eight this year as they're just a mediocre team. Elliot, I do not have them being a good team. I have them finishing 5-11. and 11. I think Phillip Rivers was not a great signing by the Colts. I mean, I guess it was – I think they should have went after 
a Cam Newton or maybe even a Nick Foles, I think that would have been a better addition for this team. I just don't think Phillip Rivers is anything special in the league anymore. I think he is now going to be a low-tier quarterback, starting quarterback in the NFL. I just don't think he has the deep ball to throw. I think T.Y. Hilton is going to have a down year. The tight end position, Jack Doyle, isn't anything special. And I just don't think this team is going to be anything good. I mean, the running backs are subpar. I mean, your rookie Jonathan Taylor is arguably your number one running back with uh, Marlon Mack there, who's interesting. I mean, he, he had a good year last year, but I, I guess his job is going to probably be taken over by Jonathan Taylor midway through the season. So that will be interesting to see. And that defense is nothing special either. So, Henry, what, what do you think about this Indianapolis Colts team? You know, Andrew, I have the Colts at 9-7, and seven, and it's going to be tough for them to do much, especially with – Phillip Rivers as an aging quarterback, not great receiving options there for him as he had in Los Angeles. But the defense will win him a couple games. It's a solid defense, not great. And when they move to Jonathan Taylor, it's it's going to help. They're going to be a Derrick Henry Titans kind of team. And I think they'll be able to be a little bit better than them just because they even have an even better offensive line, a little bit better of a quarterback. And I think that boost them into the playoffs as a seven seed at nine and seven. But let's move on to the Houston Texans and pretty major news in the off season with losing DeAndre Hopkins and adding David Johnson. But I, I don't think this team is going to be anything special without DeAndre Hopkins and without the weapons on offense for Deshaun Watson to throw to. I think Deshaun Watson having Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks as his top two receivers isn't going to be great. I have him finishing at seven and nine and missing the playoffs. I think David Johnson is going to have an average year. I I just don't think it was worth trading DeAndre Hopkins for a middle tier running back. I get that the contract negotiations weren't really working out with Hopkins and that they weren't willing to pay him the money that Hopkins wanted, but I just don't see this team getting any better than they were last year, not even close, to be honest. Seven and nine is where I have them finishing at, Henry. You know, Andrew, Deshaun Watson is just a baller, and he's a, he's just a great playmaker. He's, he's clutch. He's everything you'd want in a quarterback. And I know they lost their best receiving option, but I think David Johnson's got a little bit more left in the tank than they, and is going to be better than a running back they've had in a while. And Brandon Cooks is maybe not be the best, but maybe it's Will Fuller's time to shine. And if the entire team can stay healthy, which is a big if with them, I think they could be very good. And that's why I have them going 10 and six and winning the AFC South. I I think they're going to, they won't go very far in the playoffs, but I think there'll be a solid team who is able to win their division a division that's going to be very tight between the top three teams. And let's move on to the final team in this AFC South division, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the the key headlines are they lost all of their defensive presences in uh, Calais Campbell, gone. A.J. Boye, gone. Jalen Ramsey got traded last year. He's gone. Yannick Ngakwe, I'm pretty sure is how you pronounce it. He's gone. And, um, yeah, you got Leonard Fournette, their uh, best running – or their best offensive uh, player. He's gone. I mean, you got nothing. Jacksonville, you got nothing. 
and uh, the best player is DJ Chark, which is nothing to be uh, proud about. And this Jacksonville team, I think, is finishing 2-14. and 14. Gardner Minshew, I, I, I like him. I think he's a great guy. It's hard not to root for him. I just don't think he's a great starting quarterback in this league. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm I'm with the jokes. I mean, I like the guy. The mustache is cool. He's just not a good quarterback. I don't know what to say. But Jaguars, you're finishing at two and fourteen. Your defense is awful. Your offense is awful. Your coach is awful. Your your um, front office is awful. Your organization is awful. You're an awful team, Jacksonville. You're not. You're not even coming close to the playoffs. You're winning two games. <laughs> so I think this podcast will now be turning into the Jacksonville hate hate podcast, but uh, I, I have one statement and one statement only about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Andrew, you said that the Jacksonville Jaguars have absolutely nothing, and that is untrue. They do have a solid 3-13 and record that they will be finishing with this year. That is the only thing that they have. DJ Shark, no. Everybody who has been remotely good for the Jaguars in the past 15 years, gone. The Jaguars suck. Just like you said, everybody who works or plays for the Jaguars sucks. And that's that. Yeah, Henry, let's move on to uh, what our AFC playoff picture is going to look like now that we've finished uh, predicting all the divisions. And for me, I have the Baltimore Ravens getting the bye with the number one seed at 15-1, and as I mentioned. I have the New England Patriots getting the number two seed at 14-2. and I have the Kansas City Chiefs getting that number three seed at 13-3. and three. I have the Tennessee Titans uh, getting that number four seed by winning their division at 9-7. and seven. I have the Buffalo Bills at the number one wildcard spot at 13-3 and three at the fifth seed. And then at the sixth seed, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers finishing 10-6 and six and second in their division. And at the seventh seed and final seed in the AFC, I have the Cleveland Browns finally making the playoffs. The Cleveland fans, the stint is over. Your team is finally somewhat good, I guess. Thank God for the seventh spot being added in the playoffs. I think you guys are going to make it with that 9-7 and seven record in the AFC East. Yes, AFC East. And I think the Cleveland Browns, you finally made it. Congratulations. So that's my AFC playoff prediction. Henry, where's yours at? You know, Andrew, I also agree with you having Baltimore as the number one seed, except I have them at 12-4, and four, as I mentioned way earlier in this podcast. And then next, I have the Kansas City Chiefs at 12-4 and four at second place. Then I have the winner of the AFC South, the Houston Texans, going at 10-6 and six at the third seed. The New England Patriots going 10-6 and six also at the fourth seed with the win in the AFC East. Then the fifth seed, the Pittsburgh Steelers going 10-6 and six at the first wild card spot. The Buffalo Bills at 9-7 and seven getting that second wild card spot. And then to round out my AFC playoff picture, I have the Indianapolis Colts barely sneaking in over the Titans and receiving that seventh spot. Yeah, and to the listeners, if you haven't noticed, Elliot actually had to leave, so that's why you haven't been hearing him for the rest of his uh, AFC South predictions and his uh, playoff picture predictions. And this has been a very long podcast, so we're very grateful if you actually stayed through it and listened. And frankly, I would be surprised 
if you stayed through it and listened. But if you did, we really appreciate you guys. And we know this is a longer podcast. I think this is probably one of our longest podcasts going back until the Hen L Sports podcast days where I wasn't even a part of this podcast yet. But once again, if you listen to this whole thing, we really appreciate you guys. And to all the listeners, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.